Hello, comic creators. Welcome to the first episode of the Comics Connection podcast. For anyone who was uh, listening to the Make Comics podcast from Comics Experience or the Comics Industry Commentary from CPI, this podcast is actually merging the both of those. So we're going to be merging both of the people who are actually involved in those podcasts to have a much more comprehensive and in-depth discussion on issues going on in the comic book industry. My name is Gamal Hennessy. I am an attorney, author, and business consultant who specializes in the comic book industry. And sir, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Andy Schmidt. I'm an editor and writer uh, for comics. And then I'm also an instructor at Comics Experience where we offer courses um, for, for people wanting to write and draw and color comics, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I'm a consultant in the entertainment industry and uh, yeah. Just love, just love comics and have been in the industry for about 20 years. Yeah. So based on that, that is the um, proof of expertise that we have to prove that we know what we're talking about, basically. Um, this episode, like I said, is unique because it is the, we're recording this on the day that we're actually launching Comics Connection to the public. Comics Connection is a, we're actually brought together the group that Andy was working with for about 10 years in Comics Experience Workshop, and the group that I've been working with for a few years in the Comics Publishing Institute into one group. And that group has been working together and talking about issues in comics for about the past two months, both on our live sessions and in our Discord. But we're now opening it up to the wider community so that anyone can come, anyone interested in having a career in comics can come and join us but this podcast is actually going to be free to everybody, and we're going to do it once every two weeks. We're going to talk about the major issues going on in the comic book industry. And Andy, the first issue that we're going to talk about is probably an issue that we're going to have to talk about a lot. And it's going to be artificial intelligence as it impacts the comic book industry. Are you comfortable with having this conversation right now? Because it's a, there's a lot of things going on. I am, I am comfortable having this conversation right now yeah okay. let's do it all right well so i think just... I, you know it seems to me a lot of people have a lot of questions and i can answer them all but i've been not answering them because i wanted to save it for the podcast okay well and then, then... and then and then and then all the debates will be settled that's exactly that's what, no that's one will doing. ever argue about it after we have this 15 minute discussion um just to give yeah. people a little bit of background what we're when we talk about AI generated comics, what we're basically talking about is systems that use machine learning, basically programs that use machine learning to scrape either images or story ideas from the internet. So you're talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions of different sources of data being brought together into a system where someone can simply offer a few verbal prompts and generate either a story or art that is basically a combination of all the different data points that the system uses. Now there's stable diffusion, there's Dolly, there's quite a few of these platforms that are coming up. And as they're actually being developed, they are creating certain moral, legal, 
financial upheaval, specifically within the comic book industry, because a lot of people who are relying on creating these works of art as their business or hiring other people to create these arts for their intellectual property now don't really know what it is that they can do or will do or supposed to do in light of AI comics. So Andy, why don't you just explain it to everybody so they can stop worrying about it. So um, just to kind of clarify a little bit, um, like one of the things you can do is, is you're giving those artists prompts essentially to the artificial intelligence. So you might say, I want an image of a Gothic style cathedral at night in the rain in the style of and then you can rattle off the artists that you like and then the mm -hmm. ai sort of takes all that information goes i know what a cathedral is i know what gothic architecture is i know what night is i know what rain is i know what those these artists do we know their brush strokes and we know all these sorts of things and then it manipulates something that is an amalgam of those things and then spits out an image uh usually in a matter of seconds um that's kind of what they do. So, and there's there's different inputs and different different ways that this happens, but that's the that's the gist of it. So um, Kamal's right. There's moral, uh, legal, and and financial discussions to be had here. Um, as you could probably imagine, the art community is is largely not thrilled with this. Um, uh, and for the comics, for like the sequential art side of comics, for like interior storytelling comic book work, so far it doesn't look like it's being, it's very useful for that because storytelling and comics aren't something that, that has been taught uh, a whole lot of. But individual images, like it's, it can be a pretty impressive tool. Um, and that's really where I think this belongs is... I think it could be a very useful tool. Um, and if it is used as a tool, like sort of as reference, uh, essentially, then I think it could be, you know, it could be all right. And there there are other ways that you could use it that I think would be, um, would not be like morally or ethically objectionable. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the crux of it. I mean, a lot of artists are worried that this AI is going to take their jobs and, and, um, you know, when we talk, you know, every cover has an illustration or every comic has a illustration on the cover of it. Um, and you know, that is a place where theoretically the AI could do us, you know, a single illustration that could be used on a cover and again, moral, financial and legal, uh, issues arise. Like who, who owns that? work out you know and i was discussing this with some artist friends on a very on a private message board and and you know one of them was really you know upset by how much this is progressing and i totally get it but you know we wound up getting into the discussion of like well what is art really mm -hmm. is part of the definition of art that it is created by a human um i don't know that it is right and if you say if i were to say like i don't see how this is all that different in some respects, I'm going to qualify this, from me going to an artist that I like and saying, hey, could you commissioning a photo, uh, an illustration of like, hey, I'd like to see this, I'd like you to do a single character figure, blah, blah, blah. And if you could sort of move it stylistically this way, I will give you money for that. And then you produce a piece of art and give it to me. It's not that different. 
you know, every artist has their influences from other artists that they like and from outside influences as well. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's really not that different from what we're doing in theory, in principle, conceptually. But, mm -hmm. um, but obviously there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of otherness that goes with it, which makes things very complicated and also gets people very heated. Yes. Um, when I've been, cause I have quite a few clients who both from the platform side, because they're actually publishing, they're actually providing a distribution channel for independent comics and other types of comics. There was, people were uploading AI generated comics to the platform and just the uploading itself created this kind of firestorm because you had one side and it's not just the artists that I think are apprehensive or well apprehensive is too light a word livid is more of the appropriate word for the reaction that they had yeah. but the consumers themselves the people who actually are reading comics and enjoy comics some of them have come to the conclusion that they don't want to see ai artwork and the analogy that i came up with during this research was that in the 60s 50s 60s and 70s you had a lot of bars and restaurants and clubs in the city. And if they wanted music, they had live music or they had a jukebox. And if you're too young to know what a jukebox is, you should just probably Google it. It's really just an iPod shuffle that weighs like 500 pounds. But when electronic music and DJs started to become a regular part of that environment, a lot of musicians lost their work and they were livid. And their reaction to it was, well, that's not real music real music has to be played by someone and the situation that you have now is there are tens of thousands of djs all around the world and some of them are making huge amounts of money so the idea that whether you decide that it's music or not you're not actually you're not actually slowing the tide of technology and progress I mean, you, if you look historically, you had the same arguments from painters when photography, you know, became like an art form in and of itself. People were like, well, that's not real art. Now you have artists, you have photographers, you have all of these different people. So it's, but the consumer, that's what I was getting to. The consumer on certain level is deciding they don't want to see AI art. And they don't want to be in a situation where someone's giving them a comic or a cover or anything else that was generated by AI when they think or they want to think it's generated by a person. So they kind of, there's this growing kind of push for, well, it has to be human sourced, kind of like the difference between when people have, some people are willing to only eat organic food and some people are willing to eat like Doritos and like McDonald's and everything else because they know it's, and they know it's not real food. So you have to look at the creators of the book, the people who are trying to publish the book, because from their perspective, they're actually potentially saving a lot of time and a lot of money if they think they can get their pages in ways it's not going to cost them most of their budget in you know creating this book. And you also have to look at the consumer. You also have to look at the legal side. Well, like you said, who owns this image does the person who made the prompt own it? Does the person whose art was put into the AI, the machine learning own it? Does the 
AI owner own it? Or does all of them own it? Or does none of them own it? And if that's the case, well, then who can actually sell it and make money from it? So it's a thing. And like the reason I said I think, this is- I think maybe the AI it. knows it. The AI owns it. Okay, that actually raises the question, can, can an AI actually own something? Well, I mean, if corporations can be people, I don't see why AI can't be people. Well, because corporations have money. <laughs> At this stage, I don't know that AIs have money, although I suppose they could just invest faster than a human could and make some money. So, I mean, I guess it's inevitable. So here's kind of what I'll, like the the harsh reality is there's no putting this back in the box, right? Mm -hmm. The same way that yeah, to use your analogy of like the jukebox and then the, you know, the DJs, like jukeboxes still exist. There are fewer of them. DJs definitely still exist. So ultimately mm -hmm. the consumers, you know, of music that were like, that's not real music maybe some of them stuck to their guns and they refused to listen to a DJ or some of them just kind of got over it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I went out just a few nights ago to listen to live music at, at a pub near where I live. I like live music. I'm okay with jukebox music, right? Who doesn't, who doesn't love a good living on a prayer, but, uh, but, you know, and, and DJs aren't really, you know, typically my, my thing. I don't seek DJs out, but all of these things exist. All of them are different ways to make money. And one of the things, one of the key things that I see this is likely going to lead to is a process that's already been happening over the last 10 or 20 years, which is comic book creators um, having to change so that they don't just create comics but they mm -hmm. create um, audiences for themselves, mm -hmm. right? So they become more, not necessarily personalities, but they're out there and they're cultivating their own audience. And that's going to become more and more of what gives them value. So it becomes very, it becomes more difficult to be that, you know, really introverted person that just wants to do the art and doesn't really want to get caught up in all that sort of stuff. It becomes more difficult because part of the job now is going to be, hey, the fact that I did it and you're getting a piece of me is part of the value mm -hmm. of of the the art, whether it's writing or, or 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 you know what we think of as art. So, but that's already been happening with crowdfunding. Like a lot of crowdfunding is based on sort of you know that that cult of personality. Like you gotta, it's gotta be cool to get it like directly from me. Mm -hmm. right? um, and so it just changes the parameters, I think, or is contributing to changes that are already happening um to what the artist's job is in comics and that's not to say that there aren't artists who are still exactly like i was saying where it's like hey i just put my head down i do my work right mm -hmm. i don't spend all day online i'm not doing crowdfunding there are artists that do that there are just fewer who do only that and yes this seems like the development that's going to continue to push more in that direction yeah I think when you when you look at how how this is going to change the industry, it's it seems to me something is going to be very similar to the development of like YouTube. Like 20 years ago, there was no such thing as a YouTube star. There was no such thing as a social media influencer. Now, because there is YouTube. Those were the anyone, good old days. Exactly. Exactly. So because <laughs> we, no one needs any of those people. But anyway, that's not what this story is about where there's 
now more opportunities for people to express their creativity in different ways. I think this technology is going to create like prompter, I guess that's, that may not be a word yet, but that might be a job five years from now. The person who knows exactly how to put the prompts into the system to actually get out what you want, that may be a job. There may be a business model where people are just generating art for people at a very rapid pace for basically microtransactions to make a living where they have to produce, I don't know, 15, 20,000 of these things a day to actually get what it is that to, to make a living. But there will always be, in the same way, there's always people who just want to listen to vinyl or they just want to listen to live music or they just want organic food. Those people are still going to go out, hire artists, pay them page rates. They're still going to go out and hire inkers. Like in the same way that artists are now concerned that their livelihood is being threatened. When people started going from analog to digital in comics, a lot of inkers lost their job because the artists are now able to do their own inking in the line art. So the industry itself is going to evolve and the people who are going to be able to adapt to that, like you said, they're going to have to go beyond just creating the art because Creating art for a comic in the business sense is one piece of a multi-level structure. And if you don't have the rest of the structure, the fact that you can create art isn't actually going to change anything except lower your cost. So if you want to actually, you want to make comics moving forward, you're going to have to figure out how AI does or doesn't fit into your the way you're doing things. And if it doesn't fit in there, understand how that's going to impact you financially, no matter what your business model is. If you're a freelance, you're independent, you're going to create your own work. AI comics affects you in different ways. And if you are going to use AI comics, then you have to figure out how that's going to impact your audience. Are they going to reject you? How is that going to impact what it is that you need to do to stand out from everybody else? So it's going to be a it's going to change things, how it's going to change things. I don't know. Well, I do think your analogy of the, the music industry is, is a really good one because nowadays you can get the music very inexpensively or even for free, like on Spotify and stuff to listen to it exactly the way the artists, you know, wanted to perform it and recorded it mm -hmm. and mixed it and everything. But I mean, Taylor Swift just cracked the internet in half when her tickets for con for her latest concert series went online because people are mm. dying to go to those concerts and she's made those her concerts experiential and there's a lot of cool swag and like that's what musicians are are doing now they you know the bigger ones have turned into like hey we do a whole bunch of licensed stuff but we also mm -hmm. sing music but you want the licensed stuff because you like the music and so in some ways you know it, they've flipped it so the more people that hear their music the more people want to go buy their higher end stuff and you know and, and we do see that in the comics industry you know with the, with the crowdfunding and the kickstarters it's like yeah you can get all these cool extras that only you get on crowdfunding but you're, you know, in order to become big like that, you got to still got to get your work out there. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's definitely changing things. But I think solved, right? We solved it. 
Yeah, basically, it's not going back to the bottle. Yeah, feel free to send in follow up questions because you know we're gonna need stuff to talk about. Oh oh, yeah, well, literally, and since we're only supposed to be this is it's only supposed to be a twenty minute thing, and I think we've already gone over twenty minutes. Um, Probably. Probably. Well, like Andy said. We're going to be, um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, please let us know either in the show notes, if you're on in the comment section, if you're on YouTube, you can actually email us directly through the other platforms. And if you'd like to join the ongoing discussions that we're having on Discord or in our live Zoom sessions for Commerce Connection members, you can visit us at the link that we're also going to provide. So until next time. Have fun with your comment. See you later, Andy. See you, Gamal.